Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's Friday, so you probably don't know what that means. But what that does mean is that it's time to ignite dynamite the day after the day after dynamite. Welcome to another edition of Day After Dynamite, the special Friday edition of Day After Dynamite. I'm Will Washington, and I'm not alone here. I'm also joined by the one, the only, Joel Pearl. I assume you're the only. Actually, funny story. I'm not the only one. The other one is a realtor from North Idaho. So if you're looking for a place to live in North Idaho, Joel Pearl is your guy. All right. Yeah, this is the same thing. Like, I know I'm not the only Will Washington. Are you kidding me? I've seen my name in like movie credits of like, I forgot what movie I was watching, but it was like second gaffer, uh, Will Washington. I'm like, of course it is. Uh, extremely common name, actually. So. Uh, but luckily, I commandeered it in wrestling media. So suck on that, any other Will Washington who wants to get in on this. Uh, welcome to the show, Joel. Thanks for having me. We've tried this before. Peek behind the curtain. Will and I have been on shows where I've been in the production side of things. And that's over on KYN. Mm-hmm. And I know your news, that's normally Jimmy's show, and I'm producing Jimmy's show. So whenever Jimmy's show is going on, I can't do Day After Dynamite. So as a result, never able to watch live or be a part of the show. So this was actually the best opportunity doing Day After Day After Dynamite. So this is neat. This is good. Yeah. And honestly, I wasn't intending on this happening. I wasn't even intending on going to Dynamite this week. But for those who don't know, I went to Dynamite this week. Um, and it was a very last minute thing. It was... Uh... Pretty much, as I mentioned on Grapsity, for those who do watch Grapsity, I mentioned that I had heard pretty reliably uh, from a source inside AEW that they were working on a really good show. And so it was in the back of my mind of, should I go to this? Should I go? And then on Friday, it came out that it was uh, the Kingo versus Kenny Omega, Kenny's return to singles action on AEW Dynamite in the building that Kenny is 
becoming fairly synonymous with. This was a building where Kenny Omega faced Pac in an Iron Man match. He also had his last singles match on Dynamite against Alan Angels in that building. And so him making his return to singles action was a cool thing and maybe something I wanted to see. And on top of that, uh, I... So that was, that was one detail there. In addition, I should say, not on top of. But in addition to that, uh, I had... My kids are on spring break. Uh, they're out of school right now. And they were looking for something to do. And one of the things they kept talking about was doing a road trip. And I wasn't sure what kind of road trip we were going to do. Should we go to Grand Canyon? Is it too cold for that? I don't know. We weren't. We hadn't decided on what we were going to do for a road trip. And Billy had mentioned that, hey, Dynamite's in that same building we took that last road trip to. Um, and so they kind of had this idea of, well, let's go to Dynamite. And I thought, well... Did hear it was going to be a good show. Would love to see Kenny and Vikingo. Okay, maybe. And then I hit up a friend at AEW who uh, got us in, uh, made that really easy. and was like, if you guys are coming, just let me know if you're in. And then in addition to that, uh, they were doing the basketball thing the night before. So they had done AEW Slam Dunk, they announced on social media it was a charity event and uh the kids were like can we go can we go can we go and i went okay let's go so we hopped in the car day early we drove all of us uh it was me my wife came as well uh and my kids and we drove to independence missouri and uh, it wasn't that long of a trip. As a matter of fact, it was better than last time because my wife didn't come last time. And like road trips when it's just me being able to drive suck. Because like I just that to have that ability to uh, swap with somebody helps. Also, from my last road trip to Independence, Missouri, my cruise control went out. I forgot about that because I only needed on road trips. And I only remembered as we hit the road and all of a sudden I'm like, why can't the cruise control doesn't work and I never got that repaired. So whole trip, no cruise control, tired foot as a result. Uh, but yeah, the, and the, the, um, the AEW basketball event was, was fun. Uh, there were a lot of games being played. They did a game of AEW horse and my son was selected to be a part of that. So he got to have a lot of fun taking his shots. He only made like one shot on his own, and then the rest were kind of assisted. There were some other little kids there, and Satnam Singh was picking him up. My son did very much did not trust Satnam Singh. <laughs> he says to him as he picked him up, he's like, he's like, I don't know. I saw you hit somebody with a golden globe. And, uh I thought that was pretty fun. That was, that was neat. And then he got, my son got interviewed by the examiner. So the front page um, article of that has my son's picture. And that was all really cool. And he had to take a picture with Hobbs. My son brought his TNT title and uh, they traded belts. So that was all good. Mark Henry and, and Paul White, everybody was good to my kids. And they had a lot of fun. Uh, they did the horse game. And then after that, they did the three point shootout. Um, and. Nick Jackson won the first round of that, but they took the top three from the first round, or the top four. Uh, and it was a high school student. It was Nick Jackson, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Colton Gunn, 
who I didn't know that boy could hoop, but Colton Gunn's got some skills. And they... So Nick Jackson won that first round, and then they took the top four uh, from that round, who I just said. And then they all had to do a, a, another three-point shootout. And in that second round, Colton Gunn almost knocked everybody out. But then the high school kid killed it. He <laughs> absolutely knocked out Colton Gunn, and he ended up winning. Um, those kids were all really good. And then the final game was a game of knockout. They did two rounds of that. It came down to Nick Jackson and another high school student, and <laughs> Nick Jackson beat him. And then in the second round, it came down to Nick Jackson and Satnam Singh, and Nick Jackson beat him. So Nick Jackson won both games of knockout. It was great stuff. Uh, it was really entertaining to watch. And then all the wrestlers stayed around and took pictures with fans. And uh, it was great stuff. I, I think those events that AEW Together, I guess that's the name of it now because it's not community. But AEW Together puts on is it's always great stuff. So what you're telling me is that BTE is going to be absolutely insufferable with Nick Jackson just talking about dunking on high school kids for a full 30 minutes. Oh, I mean, Brandon Cutler was there. Brandon <laughs> Cutler was filming everything. So this will all be on BTE, I'm certain, because people were asking me, well, where can I see this? Was this filmed? Only cameras I saw there were Brandon Cutler's, and he was filming the whole thing. Uh, and I saw, even after Nick Jackson won, I saw him say something to the camera, so... Uh, we know that's there. Brandon Cutler also participated in said contest. Um, Orange Cassidy was very good in all of it. Uh, he very much Orange cassidy everything. <laughs> and uh, so you'll see how that all plays out. I think Brandon Cutler's stuff was probably filmed by Nick Jackson. Um, I wasn't seeing who was filming the stuff he did, but Brandon Cutler did some very fall-on-his-face type of antics. And that's awesome. Yeah, they, they, they entertained the fans there. And it was good stuff. It was good stuff. Also, some stories uh, came out this week. Um, first one being that FightfulSelect.com reported, uh, and I'll take a little credit for this one, um, that there's discussions. Uh, and I would even go as far as to say a little bit further than Sean's story says, that they are pretty solid discussions uh i would even say very likely happening that all out will not be for the first time at now arena formerly formerly the Sears center um all out has been there pretty much since all in the only one that hasn't been there was 2020 and that was because that was a pandemic show but every show since and before was at that arena it will not be this year i'm hearing and that it is going to be at the uh, United Center in Chicago, the house that Jordan built, the arena famously featuring the return of CM Punk for the first dance in 2021, and it was the home of Forbidden Door last year, uh, and it is, I think... Yes, I don't know why I even have to question that. It is the largest arena in America uh, in terms of capacity. And it's, it's it's a great venue. It's one of the best venues anybody can run. It's really expensive because they have union workers and you have to use their union workers. And uh, so it makes it really expensive to run. WWE hasn't run it for TV in a really, really long time. They've only done it for house shows. Uh, they, but 
otherwise it's AEW's kind of prized venue. It's one of the best venues you can possibly run in America. It looks amazing. And on the plus side, if you're running a venue with union staff, that means you're going to keep to that time. And they're not going <laughs> to be doing a five-hour show where I'm sitting there being like, all right, we're done. Let's go right to the press conference. And then we're waiting 20 minutes for the press conference. And I tap out and I'm like, no, nope, go into bed. We'll watch it in the morning. Yes. <laughs> Other than that, like the, the location is also a billion times better because y'all aren't leaving at two in the morning looking for an Uber that doesn't exist. So that's exciting to have it in the city of Chicago instead of outside by a certain margin where if you don't have a car, you're kind of SOL at that point. Yeah. Have you done any of the trips to uh, All Out? Not yet. I'd love to, but just the mm -hmm. timing in the year. The, the one thing with AEW is like, I love that they do a bunch of long weekend shows, but long weekend shows are prohibitive to travel if you're on a budget, which nine times out of 10 yeah. I am. So as much as I'd love to go, I, I'd rather go, say, to New York for Grand Slam on a random Wednesday, stay overnight, and then come back to Toronto because it's a hop, skip, and a jump. Chicago is a little bit more... Uh, time consuming and doing it over Labor Day weekend, uh, not so again yeah. cost prohibitive. Yeah, and they're saying in the chat, I see Shy Town Spurs says United Center staff went on strike. I think they won though. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is uh, there's a couple of arenas in America that are union staffed, and uh, those are things you run into. Whereas like a place like Allstate Arena is not. And so, um, granted, while you know I'm one to say support. Uh, support union workers on the other side of that i do see the business side of it is well it's cheaper to run these other venues so we're going to run those and so it's really kind of a vanity thing like you have to be able to be willing to eat a lot of the cost on running those venues um especially because you can't just like bring in your own staff the way that other places are able to and so but yeah that's a big deal i think because i think it makes all out weekend better i think that um all out has is one of aew's kind of tentpole shows and it's i don't think i know a lot of people do think so but it's not like now arena is like an old arena it's not it was built in 06. um it's actually newer than uh than united center united center was 94. um yeah and then even because aew also runs the uh uh, what is it? Wintrust Arena in Chicago. And that one was built in 2017. So that's even newer than any of the others. Uh, but I know that ultimately United Center is bigger. It's uh, it's more prolific. It is, it's, it's, it is that venue. And the fact that, you know, Now Arena has been, you know, without Now Arena, there probably wouldn't be an AEW considering that's where they ran all in. Gave them 10,000 seats for Cody to be able to win that bet with Dave Meltzer. Um, like I, I, I get the loyalty to that venue, but I also recognize that in Chicago, it feels like they've outgrown it. And I think that they should be running a bigger venue there. Um, start scaling out, start showing that you're a growing company and that you can sell larger venues for your tentpole events. It's a good thing to have, you know, four or five years down the road with AEW. Now that said, I still believe that AEW shouldn't run bigger venues if they don't have to. Okay. Um, and, and I say that because uh, I look at how they do in, say, a place like Independence, Missouri, which um, lots of walk-ups on that show. I don't think WrestleTix has dropped the final number yet, but I, I, sent, uh, I sent Bill from WrestleTix um, all a, a bunch of pictures and stuff uh, because they did have a big, big uh, walk-up. And 
I know last time I was at that venue, this felt really comparable. If there was less people than last time, it's minuscule. Um, and so I said all that to say that to me, when watching TV wrestling, I'm of the belief that 4,000 people in a 4,000 seat venue looks and sounds just as good, if not better than say 5,000 people in a 20,000 seat venue. And I think if you can create the image of a show being sold out, if you can create the image of we are jam packed, as many people as we can get in here, that looks better and sounds better than um, not filling up a major NBA arena because uh, or NHL arena. Look, first of all, Will, look who you're talking to. I cover impact for cost. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. I Believe me. I know. If you can fill 300 people in a 300-seat venue and make it look good, 100% do it. I, I said this on Twitter, too. Like, do You don't need to sell at a big venue. But I think my point was more that if you're showing that you can scale in a major yes. market like Chicago, you do it. They're doing it in Toronto, too, with Forbidden Door, right? That is another big event that's coming to an arena that is much more scalable than the Coca-Cola Center. For sure. Absolutely. I think they proved that Coca-Cola Center was probably um, not the right venue for them for Dynamite back in, uh, what was that, September? Uh, or No, it was October. Back in October. Um, I think it was first week of October. Uh, but compared to, you know, they're doing uh, Scotiabank Arena uh, and that place, they just sold out for Forbidden Door very quickly. Uh, they sold it out in the pre-sale. And so, yeah, I think that it, it does come down to keeping an eye on what the market looks like. But I think for AEW, like I said, for Kansas City, I bet you it's fairly cheap running the the Cable Dahmer Arena compared to the, uh, what is it, the T-Mobile Center, which is the venue that literally WWE just ran this past Friday. Did great numbers uh, WWE did this past Friday. Uh, and But I think when you're looking at them on TV, uh, I thought... Uh, I just watched Dynamite back finally this morning and looking at it, I was like, God, it looked, I thought Cable Dom Arena looked great. I think that uh, as long as you're able to do those pan around shots where you're showing uh, a sea of fans, um, the the only time to me, any wrestling on TV looks bad is, and it's almost like you have to have a trained eye for it is when you recognize that they're not doing pan around shots and you know, oh, it's because you can't. Uh, because if you do that, you're going to show there's not people on this side. But as long as you're able to do that crane shot, uh, I think everything looks good. I'm never one of those people to argue, well, they're doing this and this company's doing that. Like It's always just a matter of does it look good on TV? Then at that point, who cares? Um, we've got Super Chats. And if you want to send us your Super Chats, YouTube.com slash Fightful is the way to do that. And while you're there, leave us a thumbs up. You can be like a Ryan Ben 666 who says, so who's doing the Stokely Walk of Shame next? Um, and look, I thought Stokely was was very good uh, on this show. And so much fun. Dude, yeah. you just hit it. I loved it. And we'll have uh, stuff to talk about with that. Um, and then as far as, 
another thing you can do, by the way, that was the thing I meant to bring up, is send us your Humper Chats. Humperchats.com is the way to get those in. Uh, for some reason, Humper Chats logged me out because of the power outage we had here. So give me a moment to bring those up. I'll get to the Humper Chat shortly, but you can send in a Super Chat and be like our friend, the Pro Wrestling Podcast, asking any news on when tickets would be available. Um, I know that... So let's see. Let's do some math here. The show is in September. Uh, And AEW typically likes to have about a three-month lead time on big venues. So I would guess that early June is when those go on sale. Yeah, I could see them making the announcement at Forbidden Door and then starting because you got to start that build. That would make the most sense. Yeah, and that's end of June. Well, yeah, I would say early June, though. I think they'll do it before Forbidden Door. Because usually, I think they want to try to avoid, for the most part, Forbidden Door kind of throws off the schedule. They typically want to try to avoid, uh, especially for the traveling crowd, um, announcing a show while still trying to sell tickets to another. But with Forbidden Door pretty much sold out, I think they're fairly safe to being able to announce and putting tickets on sale for All Out. Um, And... It's a so, long but, lead time at that point. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying, though. Three months is typically what they want to do for major arenas. Right. Uh, and, like, I'm surprised that we really cut it this close on Forbidden Door. But, hey, they did it. And uh, so, good for them. But, yeah, I would guess June, maybe July. So, yeah. I I, I think even... Thinking about it now that you said that, I bet you they do announce stuff at Forbidden Door. Uh, let's see. Uh, and Ashe says, on that note, got my ticks yesterday for Forbidden Door. Uh, hyped, nervous, and excited as all hell because it's my first live wrestling show attending ever. Whoa! Amazing. Good start. <laughs> That's a great start. Yeah, I was... I, I, saw the word nervous and I thought, what are you nervous about? But I remember being nervous for my first wrestling show, actually. My heart was in the pit of my stomach, actually. And uh, I was 13. Do you remember what your first wrestling show was? I think my first wrestling show was uh, 2001, November. I went to a Raw in Ottawa, Canada. And Uh it was just before No Mercy. I think it was the Go Home to No Mercy 2001. Okay. So it would have been October then. Then it would have been October. My brain is foggy as (laughs) best so yeah uh so mine was may of 2001 april april of 2001 and it was go figure we're talking about go homes mine was the go home raw to backlash that year uh the main event of that show was triple h austin edge and christian versus uh the hardy's undertaker and kane Big eight-man tag match, which sounds insane for a Raw today because we're talking about all Hall of Fame-level talent. But, yeah, that was the first televised event I had attended. I guess I had attended, like, I had been to indie shows and, like, other stuff like that before then. But that was the one, first TV event I went to. The Raw that I went to, sorry, the Raw that I went to was October 15, 2001. The main event, Booker T and Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kurt Angle and The Undertaker. I remember again. <laughs> that uh god I, I, that was the time rock was an undercard match it was like an mm-hmm. hour one crossover match that doesn't even make sense today but 
I'm sure there's matches we're seeing today that, uh, in hindsight, people are going to look at and go, that's a match you got on TV. Um, that's Bill how it goes, though. Taz. Sorry, we're back to AW now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, see, I actually, I keep an inventory of every event I've ever been to and who I attended it with um, just for the sake of, I don't know, it's just for the sake of looking back on stuff. And I'm always nostalgic and things along those lines. So, like... Uh, even though it depends, because I don't know, it, I don't know who I should count certain events with. Because like I have Revolution here, and like I went there with Denise, Phil, and Reg, but I didn't sit with them. So I'm like, do I count that? Like we rode together, but then I had a seat separate from them. So I don't know. Um, that one I would say, uh, kind of on my own. The who? All right, so we got uh, a, a number of Humper chats, and I want to make sure I read these. So we will start with, give me just a second. We will go with Shot Kid, uh, not Shot Kid. Um, this one is from Joey, Bag of Donuts. I assume this was for us. If not, whatever. Um, says, AEW desperately needs to make us more informed about wrestlers from other promotions. They did this with Forbidden Door, and they did it again Wednesday with Vikingo. Um, they assume we all know who these people are. I've never heard of him make us care. That might have been for the AEW post show. Um which, either way, fully disagree, especially now that ratings are out. Um, I think that the way you can be made aware sometimes is via the match, via the appearance. That is you being made aware. Um, that was how I felt about this. My wife didn't know a single thing about Vikingo. I've never talked about Vikingo. Um, so she didn't know anything, but she came away from that saying one of two things. One, that boy is handsome. And two, uh he was entertaining and I want to see more. And sometimes that is the way to introduce people. I like, I feel like I've been introduced to a number of people that way in pro wrestling. So John Cena was introduced to me that way. Sorry. That, yeah. that was it. That's an extreme example. I know. Um, but I feel like it's not necessarily um, a bad thing to introduce somebody via a match. So I'll start with this. I'm 99% sure. And if he's in the chat, just tell me, 99% Joey Bag of Donuts was being sarcastic. Okay, I hope that's, so. That's typically what he does. Uh, that being said, like, there's there's a really interesting conversation to be had about bringing in Vikingo. You didn't have the story, but then the entire match turned into the story, and they wrapped the beginning and the end of Dynamite around the story of Kenny, and Vikingo was like the extra added layer on top. That was okay to me. And yeah. Then, you get introduced to different characters and different wrestlers based on what you see in front of you. Like it's, it's not always that difficult. It's not always, you know, if he was challenging for a major championship, let's say the triple A mega campion championship was on the line. Then I'd probably want a little bit more info about Vivkingo, who, who was the champion for Christ's sake. This was a match that was supposed to happen once didn't happen because of multiple reasons. And now it's happening. A dream match can be a dream match to be a dream match. Happens on the indies 100% of the time. Like, it's just... Mm -hmm. So to do this match, and then they made it make sense, didn't really bug me at all. Yeah, and I thought that when you talk about the, the overarching story, and that's the thing I've wanted to see AEW do for ages, which is to thread a story throughout the show. Um, I've always said, uh, from a storyline standpoint, I have different answers for most categories, but talking about from a storyline standpoint, my all-time favorite episode of Monday Night Raw had a story that kicked off the show, 
thread it through the middle of the show and close the show. And it was, it made its way through multiple angles. And um, that's how I like stories told. And so for this angle to have encompassed so much of the show, to be a part of the beginning of the show, to be a part of what the Blackpool Combat Club did with the Dark Order, and then to kind of wrap up the show, and even having another layer to it, which was the fact that Don Callis is trying to pull Kenny away from the Bucks. Kenny wanted to be with the Bucks at the beginning, and Don Callis told him no. And Don Callis trying to get him to focus on the singles match because singles Kenny is back. You're not being a part. You don't want to work with the Elite anymore. I don't want you there. You're going to focus on singles action. It's going to start with this match tonight. Everything tied into that story, even with the story beat at the end with Hangman that we're going to talk about here shortly. So I, I liked all that stuff. And I think that that's the stuff that uh, works best. Uh, continuing on, let's see. We got another here. This one's from Trey. It says, what's good, Will? Now hear me out. I saw a theory that whoever attacked the Bucks is a mystery. We think it was the BCC, but what if they deny it and it's a mystery until the pay-per-view and the attacker is revealed to be none other than CM Punk? Thoughts? I refuse to believe that CM Punk's return angle is him sneaking around backstage beating people up. That is so out of character for Punk. I don't think that's what it is. Um, I could see it maybe being like if they want to turn Takeshita or something along those lines and everything with uh, Don Callis recruiting him and using him to keep, to, to kind of break up the elite there. Um, that much I could see. But Will, they covered the, the truck. They covered Punk's face. So clearly he's sneaking around, covering his face up so that you wouldn't think it's CM Punk taking out these people. That's it, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, ooh. That's, I don't think so either. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. That's not the way to bring him back. I, um, I'm more of the belief that the call was coming from inside the house and Don Callis is maybe a little bit more involved with maybe the Black Bull Combat Club than we let on. But we'll see. We'll talk about that too. Yeah, uh, there's there's a lot of things, but I do think that Don Callis is probably um, the, the catalyst here to a lot of all this stuff that's happening. Uh, and we got another one from Coffee Black. It says, for dad, dad, um, it says, happy Friday. I thought a lot of the Vikingo discourse was silly. I feel like back in the day, people would just show up sometimes. Like Brock, didn't he just show up one day and murder a bunch of folks for his debut with no preamble? I mean, um, there's probably a million examples you could use. I think some of the more apt examples are um, the like some of the WCW debuts with the cruiserweight division, things along those lines. Um, but usually if you make that argument to somebody, they're going to get hung up on the words dream match. But obviously, I think the dream match stuff worked. I think that if you told people that it's important, they believe in some regard that it's important. I posted to Twitter the uh, the Google Trends for Vikingo and how much his search searches skyrocketed. They they had a big bounce on Thursday when or on Friday when Tony announced the match. But then when he appeared on the show, it's... A massive, massive, massive increase in searches for him. And I think that that showed that I think the telling people that it is a dream match and giving them a little bit of the background as to why worked. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't see any, I don't see any problem with promotion like at all. Uh, no, there is nothing wrong with it. And on top of all of that, 
okay, the Brock analogy is a little weird because while it's true, Brock was also being brought in as a full-time roster member. Vikingo is not. And on top of that, if you say dream match and you don't know one of the competitors, but you know the other one is Kenny Omega and you're very well acquainted with him from his time, maybe in New Japan or maybe his time in AEW proper, if you're only watching AEW, you can probably just assume that if 50% of the match is a dream match, the other 50% is probably going to deliver in a way that is similar or better than the other guy. Hey guys, have you ever wondered what happened to the legendary Chuck Norris? I saw a video he made and I was shocked. He is in his 80s, still kicking butt, working out, staying active. He looks like he's got more energy, can work out longer, even has plenty of that energy left over for his grandkids, and he did this by making one change. He said that he still feels like he's in his 50s. His wife even started doing this thing too. She's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger, her body looks leaner, has energy all day, and Chuck's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their health. Staying active is important. Moving around keeps you feeling good. Making sure that you take care of your gut health, your digestion, just overall, is also very important. Right now, you can go to mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Watch Chuck's video right now. That's mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Check out what Chuck Norris has to say. What's got him feeling so good these days? He explains everything, and you won't believe how simple it is. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply on the screen like it's easy to make that assumption in your brain and i think more people can you know stand to do that and not just make a somewhat bad faith argument that it's oh i gotta know all about this guy no you don't you never did you just wanted to you know make a fuss out of nothing just let it happen just let the match happen let mance warner show up without a AEW package (laughs) he'll be fine he'll win a match of rick flair's last match that nobody watched and then he will go on and have a good match with moxley on rampage you'll all be fine and, and not just that, but like honestly, maybe try just like accepting that this is how the show does things. That's um, because because that that's how I'm going to continue to uh, keep telling people that it's you have to hold the shows, and I say this when I talk WWE content as well. Uh, but more than anything, you have to hold the show to account against itself. And that's always how I try to grade these things is like when I'm talking about AEW content, I'm strictly talking about it against the best of AEW content. And when I'm talking about WWE content, and if I say anything negative about WWE, sometimes people go, well, you like this from AEW. I'm like, I'm holding WWE against itself, against my favorite, what I view the best of WWE here. this is how I feel about it against itself. And same with AEW. Of this is how I feel about this content against the best AEW content. And that's it. That's that's always how I'll look at this stuff. Uh, and by the way, FightfulSelect.com, if you haven't seen, um, Punk Story dropping. And 
you'll be getting some more details about things. But speaking of CM Punk, we got to talk about uh, exactly what went down yesterday. And it started with um, Dave Meltzer tweeting, uh, not tweeting, it was a post on the um, the Wrestling Observer message boards on the F4W forums. Uh, and he had posted about uh, some of the details around All Out. And uh, I just want to pull this up and kind of read it verbatim just to give people some context on what went down here. But uh, so bear with me 10 seconds while I find it word for word just to make sure we get everything correct here. There's a long one. So we start with Meltzer's post. He says, do you know why they didn't advertise Punk versus Moxley longer and why it had a short build? Because Punk agreed to it. Then AEW got a legal letter saying he wasn't down with it and wasn't doing it. Uh, There's a typo here. Uh, And they didn't know if he'd come until Tony put his foot down. There are a lot of nice things I can say about him, and you can absolutely argue his position on Moxley was correct. But you can't argue he willingly did what he was asked in that scenario. And then Punk almost couldn't resist. Uh, And Punk posted an Instagram story that stayed up for all of a minute. But it was long enough for everybody to screenshot it and for it to make all the rounds. And here came CM Punk, who posted to Instagram, Sigh. I wasn't cleared to come back to wrestle yet. Then plan was to wrestle at the pay-per-view. I sat and listened to Moxley's Rocky Three idea. I explained how I'd never seen a Rocky movie, I, and I thought the idea sucked, but if the boss wanted to do it, whatever. He said he wouldn't lose me or lose to me. I'd never experienced someone refusing to lose to me. I just laughed. I asked Tony if this was what he wanted. He said yes. He's the boss. So I said okay, but I need to be cleared first. They kept saying it could just be a squash, so I didn't need to be cleared. I scoffed at that. My health is important. Dave Meltzer is a liar. Jericho is a liar and a stooge. There were plans, but plans always change. But I'll never put any company above my health ever again. Ooh, a lot to unpack there. Yeah. And it's taken a lot for me not to make Z-Pack jokes, so I'm not going to. But there's this, like, there's a small little piece of me. Hello. Oh, and good timing right here, huh? Great timing. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I just dropped a, what I would consider a pretty major story on CM Punk. Mm -hmm. Will knows the details. We discussed them, them earlier. And there's a, a ton in there. Like, uh, it's on FightfulSelect.com. Please subscribe. But, of course, check out the show. Later on, you can check out the Q&A show because I'm sure you guys are going to have lots of questions about that. But this came as a big surprise to people in AEW. They didn't see this coming. And they were very much like a, well, shit type of thing. But uh, in our update, we've got stuff on his injury the issues with Hangman Page, uh, the Instagram post. He has had talks with AEW. Information on that is on FightfulSelect.com. We have info on his New Japan visit, uh, straight from the person who booked that New Japan visit, uh, the squash match, rumors that he and Kenny Omega spoke in in the days after. Uh, we've got more info on Brawl Out. I thought that was done. We've got more info on what happened at brawl out it's just uh yeah this is 
that I was already putting together a report because I was like, it's been months, right? Like, even if there's no news to update, I'll see what I can get. And I thought, okay, you know what? Dax is talking to me a little bit about it on the air. Uh, obviously, he ain't going to talk to me off the air about it. But then I was like, oh, okay, well, we'll run this next week. Well, no, we won't. Because, you know, Punk posted that Instagram thing. Oh, boy. FightfulSelect.com. It's a big story. It's a lot of details in it. Highly recommend. Man. Punk going scorched earth again. Um, I don't know whether or not he thought better of it or if somebody said something. It was up so, it was gone so quickly that uh, who really knows? But it, in that, a lot came out that has fans kind of split on things. Fans, uh, punk fans feeling a certain way about Moxley all of a sudden. Um, and you want more clarity? I seriously recommend hitting this Fightful Select article. Thank Sean you did great work here. Yeah, Thank you guys. Sean Rossap, everybody. Glad he came And in. guys, <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this. Actually, I do because I've had to say this a lot. Not a work. It's not. This isn't 4D chess. It's not. Not in this case. There are certain things that, that uh, have become works over time. This is not one of those things. Uh, there are certain times when you talk to people and you have to know the type of conversations you're having with people that you can kind of disseminate when they're working you and when they're not. Simple as that. It could, it could become part of a story. Now, it ain't part of any story. That's <laughs> all it is. And for those of you in the chat, it's like, nope, nope, totally what they're trying to do. I promise you. Promise you, <laughs> beyond a shadow of a doubt, what you're reading on Select, what you're going to see coming out, it's not a work. It's just not. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, that, as Sean mentioned, uh, they have had talks, and it isn't, it hasn't been the radio silence that a lot of people think it's been. And uh, as far as working toward a resolution, I think that there's some people who want to see that, and there are others who very much don't. And so it's just a matter of it's pro wrestling. You know, the ideal scenario for me is uh, I just want to see everybody work together because there's a number of matches I still didn't get to see and a number of feuds I still didn't get to see. I disagree with the idea that as somebody had posted, I've seen a few people post it. Um, I even saw like JD from New York posted it, that AEW is at its best with CM Punk around. Um, disagree. And that's not a knock at CM Punk. Uh, but... I think AEW is at its best when it's delivering um, compelling shows with uh, exciting matches. And to me, I don't even think the best of that material occurred with CM Punk around. I genuinely feel that way. I know that there's wrestlers who watch the show who will either DM me afterwards and agree or... Uh, DM me afterwards and disagree. but Because I think that creatively, AEW's best periods, the two best periods I enjoyed were uh, the build-up to Revolution 2020. I've talked about that. 
Loved that period. I think creatively they were just firing on all cylinders. Um, and I even think that uh, that month before CM Punk, and I'm talking about, um, and I know some people say, well, it's because people were anticipating CM Punk, but like it didn't have anything to do with anything. I'm talking about all that build up with the Dark Order and the Elite and all of that stuff involving Hangman, like that whole period was some excellent television. Um, I thought Darby and Ethan Page were doing great stuff. Like that to me, those two are my two favorite periods creatively. It has nothing to do with who was there. It just ha- it has to do with the type of show they were putting on and I think it was just exciting programming. Um, and I think there are periods that Punk was around that probably fall in like third place, but I don't think it's directly tied to just CM Punk being there. I think you put on a good show, you put on good, compelling programming. That trumps any one particular wrestler you could have there. A hundred percent. I'm I'm here for storytelling. Matches mm-hmm. are matches, and that's fine. You can tell stories and matches, but I want to get from point A to point B and not just follow one wrestler's journey. As popular as CM Punk is, was whatever. There are so many other characters in the AEW world that, like, I want to see how they develop. And we're seeing a lot of it now. But there was a time where we were kind of sitting around being like, okay, it's CM Punk show. We're not really getting anywhere with this person or that person. Where are they? Uh, And now, and I'm not trying to make this say, you know, this is because of CM Punk. But my point really is, as much emphasis as was put on CM Punk, there are still so many more talented, or just so much more talent around AEW that there are stories to tell and we're not going to lose, you know, we're not going to lose a ton with CM Punk. being. Well, and a good thing is like right now, I am very much into this uh, elite Blackpool combat cult story. And I think that again, you're doing a story where you're giving me great matches, which we had the main event last week and we had the main event this week. um, And you're also hooking me with what, with a, a great sense of what happens next. That's all I need. I need to see what happens next. And as long as I feel like, God, I want to know, where is this going? That, to me, is pro wrestling. Uh, That's what hooks me the best. And if I can ever leave an episode wanting to know where things are going, I think professional wrestling is winning in that sense. And so, let's talk about All Elite Wrestling Dynamite, Independence, Missouri. I was in the building. The primary reason I was in the building. Yeah, Kenny versus Vikingo helped me make that decision to go. But the thing that made me go, yeah, we're taking that trip. I've said before, my favorite wrestler growing up was Sting. Nobody cooler than Sting. Man called Sting, wore the face paint. Uh, And look, there was... He was the reason I liked WCW more than WWF. I thought, uh, I remember when I was a kid, I would watch WWF and go, Ultimate Warrior is a crappy version of Sting. That was my feeling on Warrior at the time because I would go, no, this guy's got face paint and he's awesome. Ultimate Warrior. His song doesn't say he's a man called Warrior, but on the other side, I've got a man called Sting in his song. And so he, that was a big part of the reason that I was a WCW kid. Um, and so I watched, uh, and so ba- pretty much saying all that to say that 
I never got to see Sting live. As I mentioned, first show, April of 2001. WCW went out of business in March. So I did not get to see Sting perform live. And I didn't attend my first WrestleMania until 32. Sting wrestled WrestleMania 31. Never been to a TNA show. Didn't get to see Sting do any of that. Uh, and so the first time I ever saw Sting wrestle in person was Double or Nothing 2021. And uh, the funny thing was, I thought I was seeing something insane when I watched that. That was the Sting and Darby versus Men of the Year match. And I remember thinking, what the hell am I seeing here? I can't believe I'm seeing Sting wrestle, and he's like having a full-on match here. This could never happen again. This could be a one-time thing. And somehow, someway, I've now seen Sting wrestle six more times since then. And uh, I thought to myself, you know what? I don't know how many more times I'm going to get to see Sting. But if he's on the card, I'm going to try to. And so this one was a, all right, I'm making the trip. Going down there. Saw. And that was the opening match, by the way. Uh, The show actually opened with... uh, I think we were all anticipating some opening pyro and we're thrown off by not getting that because all of a sudden we see an ambulance. Uh, And I thought it was funny because I saw that ambulance earlier in the day and I didn't know what it was there for. I thought it was just like a, oh, wow, they really keep this stuff on staff because I had to to drop a wrestler off at, um, at the arena. And so... When I pulled around to the back, I saw those loading docks and I saw the the production trucks, all that stuff where they shot that. I saw the ambulances and I didn't give it a second thought. I was just like, oh, well, they must be ready for somebody to get severely injured. And uh, so I had here, by the way. What's up? William Uber Washington over here. This is a thing I sometimes have to do. Yeah, Um, this is part of the gig now. Well, a big thing is when you have, when you know people who are wrestlers and for the most part, like AEW, as talked about, they do a really good job when it comes to providing um, travel accommodations. They book hotels for the wrestlers and they book a shuttle for the wrestlers. But sometimes wrestlers don't want to fucking shuttle. They just want to like get around on their own and get to the arena when they need to. And so, uh, and (laughs) because of that, Sometimes it's like, hey, I could take an Uber or I know somebody who's in town right now. Let me uh, see if I can get a ride to the arena. Uh, And for whatever reason, sure, whatever. Buy me Wendy's and we can uh, uh, we can do that. So there you go. For anyone who's watching this right now and needs a lift, call up Will, get some Wendy's and you're going to go. Yeah, that's That's typically how that works. See you in Toronto, Will Washington. Did you at least have a wrestler-sized car this time? I did. I was not driving my Nissan Leaf trying to cart around wrestlers who are over six foot four. Um, I had my Jeep this time. And so uh, it was... Even though the Nissan Leaf is economical and it... uh, I get plenty of miles to the charge in that thing. But no, I I have my Jeep. Uh, That said, yeah, so we... But when I pulled around back, I did notice the ambulances, and I thought, that's interesting. I wonder what that's there for. And so the show opened with Matt Jackson being 
loaded into an ambulance and then they cut to Nick Jackson also being loaded into an ambulance and Hangman decides to go with them. And Kenny wants to go, but Don holds him back and Don says, you've got a match to focus on tonight. And then we cut to the arena. Orange Cassidy's music hits. Uh, This is almost standard dynamite opener uh, (laughs) in that you can't have it's been very rare. Last week he was in the middle of the show, but for the most part, for the last almost two months, the show opens. You're going to hear Jane. It's just something that we associate. It's like I've almost mentally associated it with this set because so many of the shows since they've had this new stage have opened with Orange Cassidy's music. But his music hits. Um, they brought back Orange Cassidy Pyro, which I was really excited for. I tweeted about that a few weeks ago. Uh, when I remembered that at All Out, he did have pyro, and it was literally just like a lazy and then smoke, and we had just one little boom, <laughs> and it was great. He had his face half-ass painted, and here came Orange Cassidy followed by Darby, big pop for Darby, and then everyone on their feet for Sting. And I was so happy to see Sting. Let's go. Can you get me the scoops on Sting's bomber jacket choice? He ditched the long coat. The long trench is gone. And he's wearing the Sting bomber jacket. What was up with that? I didn't hate it, but it's like, this is, this is a different Sting. And he's wearing he's wearing the long pants instead of the actual, like, the, the singlet trunk with the t-shirt. Like, what's going on? What, what the singlet um, life crisis? What are we doing? No, I know what the singlet thing's about, or not wearing the singlet anymore is about. Um, but, oh, I'm, but I might be revealing the magician's secrets if I do that, so I'm not going to say that. Well, then I'll just shut my mouth. <laughs> yeah, but um, as far as the, uh, the jacket was concerned, he looked cool. I don't care. He looked cool. It was Sting. And it should have uh, been a leather jacket or not a leather. Sorry. It should have been a, a, a denim jacket, a black denim jacket and, mm-hmm. and with the sting logo, but with him, give it the thumbs up. And we had them team. They teamed up against the butcher blade and Kip Sabian. They came out to Kip Sabian's music. Um, it took me a second to even realize what is the tie between butcher blade and Kip Sabian. And then I thought, Oh, that's right. Uh, that, Penelope Ford was with them, and I thought, oh, Penelope, Bunny, okay, this kind of works. I like that. Um, and Van Twinblade, by the way, we got a few super chats. I want to read these. Deontay first says, just wanted to say, yo, great show. Dynamite, always fun for me. Good to see you, Joel. We'll, uh, we'll always happy to see you, fam. Much love, guys. Thank you so much, Deontay. Always appreciate you. Um, we also got another here. This one is from Van Twinblade. It says, I don't know if I told y'all, but Homicide is going to beat the brakes off Mike Outlaw Sunday while Wasteland War Party disrespects Shaza from bell to bell. Of course, talking about Glory Pro. Check out Glory Pro on Fight TV+. Plus. Shout out uh, Homicide. Had a great match against Channing Decker in Toronto at Greektown Wrestling. Also available on Fight Plus. Go check that out. And Jennifer Griffin says, opening of Dynamite, Rampage, or Cocaine Bear. That's true. Uh, one of those three things you are going to get. You're guaranteed at the beginning of Cocaine Bear and likely Dynamite, sometimes Rampage, but you will hear Jane at some point. Um, Rampage was pretty good this week. I liked Rampage. Uh, but it was also just like, oh, I had to take some digs, actually, before I asked Joel about the match. Let's go. So, 
big topic of discussion recently has been AEW merchandise. People have been ragging on AEW's merchandising. And I'm going to do the same. I had it confirmed to me. And I don't know how this happened. But guys, do better. I had it confirmed to me that for this event, they only had 24 acclaimed foam hands brought to the venue. Are you kidding me? Acclaimed wrestled the main event of Rampage against the Kingdom. They were easily one of the most popular acts. And you only brought 24 foam hands to this venue. And the show went off with them. Everybody loves the acclaimed. Uh, they they did the, uh, I think they called it Kansas Scissor. I think that was the one which I thought, eh, okay, maybe. Come on, um, it's funny. It's still <laughs> hanging fruit. Come on, it's good. Uh, but, like, they could have done Scissor Zuri. Uh, they could. <laughs> like, it doesn't work. Kansas Scissor is hilarious. Yeah, so either way, they did Kansas Scissor. Uh, but they scissor? no, it doesn't work. Scissor pendants? No, come on. <laughs> Either way, they went off with. They got this in the crowd home. They did all of the stuff. They brought Tony Khan out, and he scissored with the uh, with them. And they also brought Top Flight out, and they did this like big group scissor. Uh, it's so upsetting. All that to say that, uh, for them to be as popular of an act on the show as they were, and they barely had any of the foam hands i on i was i would have bought a couple for my kids because they would have loved to have had those but 24 for an event that has sold uh 4000 tickets i would love to know what the thought process was we only have x amount of people therefore we assume only so many people are going to like what what are the analytics that go into taking so few of one of your hottest acts newest merchandise like what what are you thinking and the the weird thing is was that there were a lot of uh mjf shirts for a guy who wasn't at the show <laughs> that one that one doesn't bug me as much because like again like i'll go across the aisle we'll talk wwe where like they'll do the the 316 shirts which and it's not exactly the same but the point is if you got a popular act you could still kind of get the merch out there and get it sold it's like i understand mm -hmm. it but you just there should be more period and a sentence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then also they don't have any kids merchandise. Like that's the other thing too is that uh, you know there were a lot of kids there, um, a lot of kids, a lot, a lot of kids who had their faces painted like Darby, a lot of Orange Cassidy kids, um, a lot of kids there, and you can't buy them anything. Like I saw that they put up on the screen, they announced they have like an AEW kids section of um, uh, for shop AEW, and you can buy kid size shirts. But just thinking about how, like, at the arena, that's the place you really want to have that stuff. And they didn't have it. Totally. Uh, so that's my knock there. But either way, what did you think of this opener, Joel? Match was fun. Uh, all I could think of when I started watching the match was, like, we're going potentially back to Orange Cassidy and Kip Sabian only because they're in this tag match together. And the story of Darby potentially doing a Four Pillars match at uh, Double or Nothing is, is in the air. The match itself was really good. I mean, I can't really uh, tell you it was my favorite match of the night, but overall, it's nice to see Butcher and Blade get a, a bit of a, 
of a shine there. It's nice to see Penelope Ford whenever I get to see her because I think she's wonderful and deserves to be uh, spotlit a little bit more, especially in the women's division. But uh, overall, it was... I don't necessarily love Sting no selling for Blade or for Butcher, but I also I kind of I kind of get it. Um, but I just wish once in a while he would, you know, give a little bit to the younger guys. But other than that, match is fine. Inoffensive is probably the way I would put it. It's a means to start thinking about what's next for Darby Allen and his ascent to uh, the Double or Nothing main event, assuming that's where we're going. Uh, yeah, I don't know when we're going to get there, uh, but it sounds like they're going to take their time to do it because they played the video package afterward, which we did see in the arena. There was a lot of stuff we didn't see in the arena, and like when I watched Dynamite, I literally just saw it for the first time today. Um, but we did see this video package in the arena. The audio worked in the arena, and I now know that it didn't work on TV for the first couple seconds. Uh, so that was, um, but it's pretty much just building up the four pillars thing. We then had, uh, and also I heard that Excalibur noted on TV that he got a text from Brandon Cutler uh, that accused the Blackpool Combat Club. So at least they're planting that on TV that uh, they believe it was the Blackpool Combat Club. But I honestly believe that um, that may be a way of saying it wasn't. I don't know. Trying to get people thinking along those lines. Uh, we have the tag titles on the line. Uh, oh, and G-Bro says, shout out Joel Pearl, whose interviews I enjoy. Okay, real quick. Uh, Masha Slamovich on Sunday on YouTube.com slash Fightful. First interview with Masha since she won the GCW World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Speedball Mike Bailey. We talk about his upcoming matches at the Collective because he's got a wild few days. One day, really. He's got Tanahashi, uh, Iri, and Kota Ibushi, And then he's also got Vikingo coming up wild bunch of matches so we talked to him about that uh who else is on there effie we spoke for a little bit he's great and then i got matt cardona to uh spoiler alert tear a new one to sean ross app so that's yes. coming <laughs> a whole bunch more go check it out on youtube.com slash fight um oh and got to talk about the red white and blue ropes so that was yeah. the first thing i noticed as soon as i got in the building for uh elevation and it's like whoa what's happening here why are there red white and blue ropes and then i looked around the ring apron and realized why it was and uh i thought oh this is actually dynamite's color scheme like you can see in the graphics they have the red bars they have the blue bars they have the white bars and the ropes now match that but you know what's interesting is somebody pointed out on twitter last week because i was complimenting AEW's lighting and i said i really love how they light the fans how they don't put kind of the the um color diffusers over the fans uh that you really just get to see the fans lit and I said, it reminds me a lot of 90s wrestling. And then they brought back red, white, and blue ropes. And I will tell you that there are times I got flashbacks just looking at the visual of these brightly lit fans with red, white, and blue ropes over them. It looks like 90s WWF. It's not so bad, actually. Shout out to, uh, who was it? It was, it was Excalibur on Fight TV during the commercial break shouting out all the countries and then saying, oh, in France, we colored the ring ropes red, white, and blue for you. <laughs> oh, that's so great. It was very cute. And uh, it's fine. It, it is very 90s WWF, rah, rah, USA. I don't know if they'll stick around. I, I hear you. It's like the color scheme for Dynamite. But like I, black ring ropes, just they work just as well. And they don't necessarily take away from 
the rest of the aesthetic either. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about it. Uh, but we had tag titles on the line. The Guns. Defending their titles against Top Flight. And uh, this was fine. Um, this was uh, fairly unremarkable. I was kind of... Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Surprised. I thought the crowd would be more into Top Flight, and I don't didn't feel like they were as much as I would have liked. I thought that uh, they were more into chanting ass boys at the guns and speaking of which at the basketball event nobody got more heat than the guns uh they were like pretty much every time colton gun hit a shot people booed and there were other heels there but the only heels that people truly hated in that basketball gym were the guns i get it uh, but yeah, so they got a whole lot of ass boys chance. There weren't a lot of top flight chance. I was uh, kind of surprised by that. And uh, but then the kingdom made their run in on top flight, attacked them. Uh, feels like they're really starting to bring the kingdom into AEW television. That is a uh, that's a good thing. K Dog asks, out of curiosity, when you go to a live dynamite, do they tape rampage before or after dynamite? Oh, it's always after. Um, I have said that there are times where I would like to see it before. Uh, Grand Slam is a great example. Grand, Grand Slam. I think they should have split it at Grand Slam. I think if you're going to do a two-hour rampage, do yeah. one hour before, one hour after. Absolutely. Um, and I think that would have been the, the best way to maximize that crowd. Uh, but as far as... And then there's other thing. <laughs> there's the thing. You'll, you guys will see it if you watch Elevation this week. Uh, I'll talk about that in a minute, actually. Let me finish with this match. But yeah, so the Kingdom makes a run-in and uh, costs Top Flight the match. Uh, and then they're chased off. The guns celebrate. And they're interrupted by uh, one fter, uh where they make their way out. And before they can even say a word, they are... Uh, the guns shut them down. Austin Gunn says... No way. You guys are not getting a shot at us. Uh, there's nothing you could offer us. And first, FTR tells them that uh, if you give us a shot, if we lose, we'll disband as a tag team. And Austin says, not good enough. Not happening. Then he says, we'll leave AEW if we lose. And of course, that bring raises all the eyebrows because there's been all this talk of FDR's contracts being up in April. Well, gee, that's the last dynamite of March. What could this mean? And the guns accept. And then uh, they offer a handshake and spit in FDR's faces. First off, what did you think of the tag title match? And what did you think of this segment afterward? So let's start... Or not segment, promo. Yeah, so let's start with the match. I... 
this is again going back to inoffensive matches this was a story beat more for the ring of honor super card show because you've got top flight as part of the reach for the sky ladder match and you've got the kingdom as part of that match as well along with a, a bunch of other teams that are not important to at least what we're talking about right now uh and it's a little weird because you know tony was saying we're kind of done with the cross promotion but if it's going to be like this I'm okay with this amount of cross promotion between Ring of Honor and AEW coming up to a major Ring of Honor event. So I didn't mind that. Uh, the FTR, and, and again, the bigger conversation was what we saw next, which was FTR. So they come out and they've got a good pop. And I think it's masterful that they're doing this match, like you said, on the last dynamite of their potential contract. And it really does raise the question what happens next? Are they back? Are they, are they staying? Are they going? And like, Let's say let's say they do lose, and let's say they actually resigned. That's another story you can tell. That's another thread you can pull at, or they win, and then everyone's like, "Well, now what?" So there are different ways you can go with it. The segment itself was 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 fun. I like that Colton and Austin Gunn are such smarmy dicks that they're like nothing, nothing is good enough, and then the only thing that's good enough is for the ultimate sacrifice for FTR is to leave something that they presumably love, and that is tag team wrestling in AEW. That was really good to me. I really like that. So I'm interested in the match next week. I'm interested, like many people are, as to what happens with a, with uh, with FTR moving forward and the match itself. So all in all, the the entirety from the match to the segment after the promo, it worked for me. Yes. Um, and I see people asking in the chat if it actually is next week because Excalibur didn't have it in his rundown. They only announced one match technically for next week, but I think on Rampage tomorrow... Um, they'll have a lot more and kind of everything else announced because I know of some promos and stuff that were shot um, backstage and things along those lines. Uh, they then, let's see, I know there was another super chat I wanted to read. Ah, yes, this one here is from Gbro. It says, how do we get to Austin shadowing the Miz? Dollar signs. Well... The next thing that we saw was uh, actually there's a backstage promo. We did not get this in the arena, um, but it was Jade Cargill. I feel like it would have helped to have this in the arena. I think it would have given context to people in the the match we saw on Rampage because I had no idea that there was a cease and desist over Taya using Jade's finisher. Didn't know that because I never saw this promo and. Now, contextually, it makes sense for the J for the match that Taya ended up having on uh, on Rampage. It felt like you should have known if you had watched Rampage this past week, but I get it at the same time because yeah, no, I did watch Rampage this past week, but like I didn't know about the cease and desist order. That was really it. Right, but if, to me, it was like if you watched and you you saw Smart Mark Sterling with Jade at the top of the ramp during Ty's match, they were taking notes, and you were kind of like, "All right, you kind of know the road to Valhalla is looks like Jade, it looks like the glam the glam slam, so you know it's all going to come together." Uh, but I get it. I, like if you're in the arena and maybe you're not making the connection, yeah, I, I can understand why it's a little strange not to show that particular segment. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a good story to tell for an introduction. Taya has been using that that move forever. Uh, Jaded has put away all of her almost all of her opponents, and uh, or at least that move has put you know what I'm trying to say. Jaded's been the end of almost every match she's done, uh, so it, this works. Now Taya has other moves she can do to knock you down and take you out, or do they want to tell the story of 
you know, jaded without the road to Valhalla, you can't win the match. Um, which to me would be kind of foolish because Ty Valkyrie has been in this business for much, much, much longer than Jade Cargill. Uh, so I would actually like to see them get it turned around. Have Ty yes. come out with with Johnny Johnny Lawyer, and uh, he's got the reverse Uno card. Jade can't use the Jaded, and then she's got to find a new way to beat Taya. But we'll see what that happens. We'll see. Uh... So what I talked about as far as Elevation was concerned was there's a match on Elevation where um, it's all kind of centers around the fact that Ethan Page is very sad. But his sadness is rooted in the fact that Stokely got his and wasn't around. But this was all taped before Dynamite. And so, like, context-wise, you have no idea what was about to happen to Stokely, but I think the fans knew something was going to happen to him since they're referencing it in what they're taping for Elevation. Stokely Hathaway is freaking hilarious. I thought everything here going into this was so good. Uh, from Stokely announcing that he's got a doctor's note. First off, he gets Doc Sampson's name wrong. He says Dr. Simpson. Uh, and he's got um, a doctor's note that he's not clear for tonight's match and uh <laughs> and he says uh and on top of that uh tonight i'm announcing my retirement special thanks to all my fans all 12 of y'all and then he hands the doctor's note to <laughs> to justin roberts to uh make the announcement official and justin roberts hands it uh, takes a look at it and it just says he's sick <laughs> he hands it to uh, Bryce Rensberg and he says, with all due respect, this is a receipt for Wingstop. As good a chain for your doctoral needs as any. Yes. <laughs> and, and then uh, Bryce rips it up and Stokely gets the hell beat out of him for five minutes. No disqualification. Hook slaughters him. What did you think? Uh, okay. I really like the way this went. I do. This this worked for the timing that they gave it. It worked for the story that they told. But how badly did I want for this no DQ match to end with the firm taking out Hook, systematically just beating the shit out of him, and then Stokely getting the pin, getting the first win on Hook? Because undefeated gimmicks only go so far. But imagine, uh-huh. imagine... Stokely Hathaway spending weeks telling you I beat Hook by myself. I did it with, you know, no, I did it all by myself. No one helped me. My boys had me, but I could do it all by just being an obnoxious dick. And then Hook having to, you know, not just claw his way back into it, but also find a new, a new route. Yeah, I think we could have gotten a lot of funny stuff out of him. I saw the clip because we couldn't hear that in the arena. But when he says the I ain't a killer, but don't push me, that's Tupac. Like that shit was great. Stokely, Stokely is genuinely one of the funniest men, I think, in pro wrestling. He's got great comedic timing. He's got great comedic ideas. And his stuff just works. I think he's very, very good and very funny. And uh, But yeah, we got that. It was what it was. And I see, I see in the chat, Firm was banned from ringside. It's a no disqualification match. It doesn't matter. You come out and you beat him. You beat his ass. Uh, ni- nice little surprise for the audience in attendance. We were not 
we did not see the Adam Cole up next graphic in the building. And so uh, when his music hits, everybody just kind of leapt to their feet. And, uh, oh, there was a backstage thing, apparently, with Matt Hardy and Ethan Page. Didn't know that. Uh, I had no idea that happened. It was basically them saying, Ethan, you're the only guy who could do this. You're the, and Ethan's like, drop the paperwork. I'll take on Hook. You're the only one who could beat Hook. He's like, all right, but I'll drop the paperwork. Ah, uh, okay. That makes sense. So, yeah, Adam Cole's music hits. Uh, his entrance still really over. People love it. Uh, and... I am excited to see Adam Cole play a baby face on his own for really what feels like the first time. Um, I feel like we've really never gotten to see Adam Cole at this level getting to play a uh, getting to play this role. Oh yeah, and they're talking about Tech Nine at ringside. I, I actually reported that we actually had that fightful select that Tech Nine would be at Dynamite this week, and, and swing. <laughs> what's that have you got a bat to swing uh so sorry you cut out when you said it but either way we have a so adam cole playing a baby face something we really haven't gotten to see from him he's always kind of been tied to undisputed era he's been tied to bullet club he's been tied to the elite he's been tied to the kingdom uh and even when he was on his own toward the end of his NXT run, he was feuding with Kyle O'Reilly. It really never felt like he got away from his the things that have tied to him. And it was interesting seeing him out there on his own, not in a feud with anybody from the Elite, not in a feud with anybody from the Undisputed Era, not in a feud with anybody from the Bullet Club, and on his own being a babyface. This is like a first for him. And it actually feels really interesting. And so uh, Adam Cole is interrupted by Daniel Garcia. And I have to say, I was initially against back in October, back in at the Toronto show. I didn't like the idea of... Uh, Daniel Garcia staying with the Jericho Appreciation Society. But I think this promo-wise was some of the best work he's done. And I think he, him being this character here, to me, is a little bit more appealing than I think what people wanted out of him, which was joining the Blackpool Combat Club and being a pure wrestler. But... I actually think he was great here. I think that even him slipping up and saying pro wrestler and then the crowd giving a, oh, and then he says sports entertainer. Um, I will say I got a little bit worried when uh, Adam Cole said that he's he doesn't like the company that Daniel Garcia keeps in the Jericho Appreciation Society. And I went, oh, no, don't. Not Adam Cole and Chris Jericho. Please not Adam Cole and Chris Jericho. I uh, Not yet. Uh, definitely not his first feud out. Don't do it. Uh, stick with the Jericho Appreciation Society and uh, and House of Black. Do that. Trios titles. Keep that going. Adam Cole, give him something else. Please don't do this. Uh, Will, Shane. Will, hold on. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, a, you're a gamer. Mm -hmm. you're, you love Super Nintendo. You remember Super Mario World? Mm -hmm. you remember when you completed certain parts of the Star Road? It brought you to the back entrance of Bowser's Castle. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. what we're doing 
to get to Jericho versus Adam Cole, baby. So get ready because we're on the star road to Jericho versus Chugs. Oh, yeah. Please. No. <laughs> like, I want to see what Adam Cole does. And I feel like there's a lot of options for him where they... We can go with another Chris from Canada. That's right. Christian would be a great option for him, I think. I think that'd be a great feud. That's who... I think that's where I would start with Adam Cole. Please don't do Chris Jericho. Please don't do Jericho Appreciation Society stuff. No, let's do it. <laughs> this is this is the best Adam Cole because if you watch Chug streams, like you're getting that version of Adam Cole, but just with a little more, a little more oomph to him. Yes, I'm also I was such a big fan of him using and I know someone mentioned in a super chat using the the when they ring the bell. That's what makes me special line. That was from NXT yeah. with killer Adam, cross. Adam Cole hit Danny with the killer cross line. Uh, and Shane Monster says Daniel Jodeci Garcia. Yes, I know. Like I, I'm loving this side of Daniel Garcia. I think. I think this is. This was the first time like I truly felt him as a promo. I felt like uh, he can stick with this and probably work out pretty well. Um, Bugaboo Jones says, Garcia has legit beef. Uh, they both had serious injuries, but Cole has money and could afford to not work. Can't wait for this match. Glad Cole's back. Uh, and, <laughs> and yeah, so... Uh, I see people saying that um, hoping Christian returns to WWE. I don't see why. I don't see that happening right now. I know people think that that was a write-off for him with the Jungle Boy stuff, but literally he is all over the posters and promotional stuff for AEW going to Canada. So I imagine they at least expect him to still be there in June and July. Uh, it's just a matter of what they do with him. And I would like to see Christian feud with Adam Cole. They actually had a really great match already. They had a match last year with Babyface Christian versus heel Adam Cole. But switch it up. Yeah, try That's something. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah, why not? I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, next, we had Stu Grayson versus John Moxley. John Moxley still gets a big pop in his entrance. People still love the entrance. But he very much has a tone as he walks through the crowd now of like a don't touch me keep away from me fans as I walk through you. <laughs> uh, but he's out there with the Blackpool Combat Club to take on the newly re-signed, the first ever uh, All Elite again, Stu Grayson. Man, I love Stu. Yes. Stu's from my hometown of Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Him and Uno for that matter, Kayfabe. But you know, this match, it was such a great opportunity for Stu Grayson to go against John Moxley not just coming back to AEW, but also just to show that like Stu had a lot of potential throughout his AEW run the first time around. And if they're smart, this is the opportunity to do a renewed Dark Order and also a renewed Stu Grayson and potentially a renewed Stu and Uno if that's the way that the chips kind of fall. Um, match was great. There was just, it was straight up wrestling and that's fine with me. They needed that. And before we get into all the other stuff, uh, shout out to Stu Grayson tonight at C4 in Ottawa, who is going to face off against Brian Keith. That's going to be a good match to watch. Uh, Brian Keith. So yes. great. I'm excited for that match. 
we have uh, Super Chat. Van Twin Blade says, did you know you can watch all of the collective on Fight Plus for less than a number seven from McDonald's? What is number seven at McDonald's? I'm Canadian. I assume it's different from whatever it is in the U.S. So someone's going to have to look this up now. It's probably, it's probably going to be like a, a, I don't know, quarter pounder with cheese. Quarter pounder with cheese. It's called a Royale uh, with cheese. Yes. Yeah, so. Uh, let's see. Damn it. I want to know what the number seven is. I know you probably weren't referring to anything specific when you sent that, but I want to know. <laughs> now we're stuck on this train. Uh, McDonald's value menu number seven. Somebody in the chat, let me know. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I like this match. I like this match a lot. And, uh, I think continuing the story and keeping it going throughout the whole night with the Blackpool Combat Club and uh, the Elite and the Dark Order, I think, was was the right call. And I think this was a great way to showcase uh, Stu. Hell, Stu, had he not gotten distracted by the action, by the everything happening outside and having to dive onto the outside rather than getting to dive on the Moxley, Stu might have had the match won. Who knows? But that definitely set him back. Heel Moxley is really proving to be something. And as I got excited for last week, I'm still of the belief. I know I've, there's been some debates as to what it is, but I still fully believe that the biggest, most important feud AEW's had is Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. I think that's still their top feud. And I kind of love the fact that we're in a place to revisit it now, but with the role swapped with Kenny as a babyface and Moxley as a heel. So... That's dope. I like that. Chat's filling us uh, in on the number seven. Yes. Oh, uh, what is it? What is it? <laughs> two two burgers. Two yeah. cheeseburgers. Okay. I can live with that. There we go. We Here's another super chat, by the way. This one is from... Actually, it's a humper chat. Pardon me. I want to make sure I acknowledge how people spent their money. Uh, but... Uh, Pablo says, I almost blew off my own birthday plans to take a last-minute trip to Dynamite. Uh, going to Double or Nothing, though. Hope we get Sting there. Great Dynamite. Love the funny Justin Roberts bits, uh, but I missed the full Battle Cry intro. The one-winged angel screams. Um, I mean, so I recognize it's probably too long of an intro for TV. They've only ran it on TV one time, and that was at Grand Slam, Kenny versus Brian. Uh but for the most part, the full Battle Cry intro only ever ran at pay-per-views and on Dark. I know that Kenny's last pay-per-view entrance was all out and they didn't do the full intro. But the last one, I don't know, it's really only ever been a pay-per-view thing. I hope they do it at pay-per-views, but I recognize that it's hard to do that full intro and the Justin Roberts intro. It's one or the other. And I think that's why we haven't seen it because as soon as he says Kenny Omega, it just needs to kick straight into the music. And also, like, the Justin Roberts bit is so over. People just love to scream North Carolina and, like, whatever. Funny stuff it just works. It was gone. The weird thing is, like, that was an intro that started at Daly's Place, right? Yeah. And then when they went back on the road, they stopped doing it. They, uh, they didn't do it on the road. Um, they would just do the North Carolina bit. But as far as like reading off the list of accomplishments, that didn't happen while they were on the road until Kenny returned from injury literally last year. And, but it's a great bit. And 
Um, I I just I appreciate Justin Roberts' delivery and all of it. But before we got to that, we had a little bit more on the show before we get to the main event. Um, but we had uh, there was the QTV stuff. We did see that on TV. Uh, or in the arena. We also saw the Ricky Starks promo on Juice Robinson. I think people were under the impression that we were going to get a match because people like popped when he said that he wants Juice Robinson on Rampage. And uh, spoilers, it didn't happen. Juice Robinson literally says in a promo that he's not wrestling in Missouri. Um, and that includes next week in St. Louis, uh, but that he will wrestle Ricky Starks in New York City. And I went... AEW is not going to New York City anytime soon, unless that's what you're counting, Long Island, which I know they're on Long Island in, uh, I want to say April 9th, but uh, that's not New York City, really. Would you count that as New York City? I don't know. I, I Yes and no. To, to like the average viewer, yes. But like if you're a New Yorker, no, you're on Long Island. It's different. You got right. you got to take the seven train. There you go. Yeah, you got to take the seven. But yeah, April fifth. Uh, I just went on the AW website, and that's that's two weeks from now. So oh, April fifth. That's right. yeah. Okay. I could see I could see them doing it there, but uh, I I mean I think that the Starks and uh, Juice stuff is going to play big into Forbidden Door because Juice has a friend who's currently leading a certain club of his own in which Juice is also a member. So Action Andretti and Ricky Starks versus the Finn Juice connection. Might be a fun little match to have at Forbidden. Oh, I'd like to see it. Um, But then we got Sky Blue versus Tony Storm. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of hate Sky Blue being in this role because at some point I feel like she needs a win. And they keep trotting her out to basically get beaten by the ladies of the... As a matter of fact, she's lost to all three of them now. Is there nobody else for this role? She's something like Owen 21, I think I remember hearing. And then someone's going to pipe in and just be like, she's young and she's new in her career. She can take the L's. Yeah, but also it's once in a while you got to give someone a television win to make them seem more credible down the line, no yes. matter what their age is. So, yeah, it's a little strange. She almost got with the, uh, the that one, uh, not crucifix pin, but that uh, that one bend over pin. She almost mm-hmm. got it. But other than that, you know, Tony Storm is just there to win the match. Yep. Keep the other story going. Yep, because outcome Willow Nightingale and Riho, uh, who bring out uh, Riho has a pipe, and uh, they run them off. And right before the main event, Stu Grayson being checked on by med- medics gets jumped by the Blackpool Combat Club, and then we get to our main event of the evening. I was excited to see or to hear Battle Cry again. Are you kidding me? This is top three themes in wrestling today, easily. It, it, yeah, it's memorable. There's no like, there's no other way to put it. It's so good. It's so good. I was excited. I mean, and finally we got to see Kenny have his own graphics. Like, I love um, the the elite's entrance. I love Carry On. It works as a wrestling intro. But as far as just Kenny on his own, he, I mean, the way he's gotten his physique together, the way I feel like his hair is like probably the best it's ever looked as a as a wrestler i think something is really just working for kenny right now to where he looks like a top guy again and uh like to the point of where i've been playing through my head how the hell do we get to kenny versus uh mjf because like that i i want to he hasn't had a title match since 
they did remind us that Kenny is undefeated in singles matches on Dynamite. Holy hell, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, that's uh, wild to think about. That's wild to think about. He was also, as Justin Roberts noted, uh, 2-0 and in Independence, Missouri. He's also wrestled in North Carolina, which the crowd loves that bit. It's great. Uh, but the match gets started immediately. Uh, Vikingo is there to show us what he can do. And he uh, he hits, he dives onto Kenny before the bell. And this match was just kind of nonstop. Which is what you would expect. And again, I go back to the discourse, which by the way is a stupid thing to talk about. But anyway, the entirety of this was like, yeah, sure. You want to keep poking the bear. Well, then the bears are going to show out. And that's exactly what they did. And that's exactly what they were supposed to do. So all of a sudden it's like, oh, why don't I have a billion photos and videos of this guy building me up to like, oh shit, I should go out of my way to go find this guy now because he just turned me on to whatever it is he does. So Mm -hmm. this match had to start hot and it stayed hot. And you know what Kenny did that was just perfect to make this a shining match for Vikingo? He stood there and made everything Vikingo did look good. He did. He sold like crazy in this match. They knew exactly where to go, what to do, and where to be. And Kenny was a perfect base because Vikingo can always hit those moves. He can always hit those spots. And Kenny's the right guy to stand there and take it and sell it. So for that... Yeah, this was a dream match because these two guys have the chemistry, they have the background, and they had everything that they needed to make this a memorable match. So yeah, it was great. I enjoyed it. I put all the shit aside for a good, you know, 20 minutes so that I could watch these two men have a really solid lucha style match on the main event of Dynamite, which you don't see very often. I was impressed. This had the crowd through every single beat. Uh, just being there live. Um, it's one of those matches where I've said this before, but it's one of those matches where my face was hurting by the end of it. Cause I was all smiles uh, the entire time. And just everything was, was getting uh, a solid reaction. Everything looked good. Uh, Kenny of course was bumping his ass off for uh, Vikingo taking um, certain times he landed on his head that I thought, Oh God, what are you doing? Kenny? Uh, like we just lost you to injury. Let's stop this. But everything looked great. Uh, the 630 to the outside was just magnificent. Uh, onto the table on the outside. I know we were all wondering why that table was there. Well, we learned why. Uh, but ultimately, Kenny's offense is also unparalleled. We saw Kenny hit multiple V-triggers. He won the match after hitting a V-trigger and a one-wing angel on Vikingo with five minutes to spare in the show. What could that... How could that be? No, we had to go uh, home early. There was there was cable news on TV or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're not. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Kenny wins, uh, as Broadway Joe says. Uh, such, a, such a sham. A week we saw a five-star classic. All the attention goes to CM Clown. And now Miro is chiming in. Great show for AW. Unfortunate after story. Um, I mean, that happens all the time where uh, there's a great show, but there's always like some little thing that ends up taking away from it. And in this case, I thought this was a good episode um, with a great threading story. And of course, within minutes, there's something that changed it all. Um, and 
I want to take this one here from Anthony Scats, who says that, uh, and shout out Anthony Scats. Anthony Scats, one of my longest time friends, known this guy, 22 years, uh, hosted on RBR with him for a long time. And he was actually the first person I ever asked to do a podcast with me. True story. And he's been on here on Day After Dynamite. Anyway, he says, not sure if my super chat worked, but Sky Blue is booked uh, like she's a women's Takeshita, except the fans don't see her at that talent level, nor is it getting uh, her more over in losing. At least Takeshita had a win against Brian Cage on TV. Um, in this case, he doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't even have that. So I would like to see her get a win at some point. This is this is the weird thing. Let's say hypothetically, and I, I have a completely different theory about the women's blood and guts potential match that could happen. If they don't do the other idea that I've had that I'm not going to bring up right now, Sky Blue winning that match for the team would skyrocket her in it a would. certain way. Uh, and I wouldn't be against that. But that being said, uh, I have a different theory that I've posited on other shows that I won't bog everyone down with for the sake of time. Uh, I think it'll go that way instead. After the match was over, Kenny is about to be interviewed by Tony Schiavone and in comes the Blackpool Combat Club. They jump Kenny Omega. Uh, and again, I'm just excited at the prospect of, all right, let's revisit Kenny and Moxley. That's, ah, I'm excited. And then uh, the ambulance returns. Hangman gets out of the ambulance. His music hits. Uh, he comes down with a... Uh, a two by four with a nail somebody watches the simpsons and uh he clears the ring uh but as don Callis is trying to pull hangman back uh hangman kind of pulls his arm back and Callis flops onto the ground kenny turns around and sees that Callis notes that uh, he tells kenny that it was hangman who did it kenny doesn't believe hangman he believes don walks off with don so we don't get our reconciliation crowd booze they are unhappy that we didn't get our moment of seeing uh kenny and hangman back together that's off for one more week probably a few of them uh i mean i like this i like again i like keeping a story going that i'm interested in and keeping me one wondering what's next that's all i want to see it's uh, it's clearly the same story as Sammy and KO, right? Well, no, uh, I think the point <laughs> here, but the point here is that while a lot of people were expecting those two to get right back together, this this story also needs to fester and kind of bubble over in its own way, where the eventual payoff of those two either hugging or fighting each other until they figure out what happened, that's that's the payoff, and that's okay. I don't want to see. Hangman and Kenny immediately embrace and be besties again. Some of it's going to play out on BTE and we've already seen it start. Uh, But I'm also, I'm like a little on the fence about having uh, Don basically do things that Kenny can just go back and watch on the TV show. If he goes back, you know, and hopefully he does. I hope that like next week. Yeah. Now granted it has always been a running gag on BTE that Kenny doesn't actually watch dynamite. And so that, uh, that could play into that, but of course, that's something you'd have to explain on TV. Um, because as far as TV is concerned, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm interested though. I'm hoping that next week Kenny like is at least aware, yeah. but that more just continues to to drive the wedge until we find out what Don Callis is really up to. Yeah. But 
so far I'm having fun. Yeah, and overall, this show was really good. Like you said at the top of the uh, the show, it was really good at keeping a strand and a theme together and keeping you invested for the entirety from beginning to the end of the show. And I like that in my wrestling too. You know, this was the best episode of AEW Nitro I've watched in a while. <laughs> yes. Well, speaking of which, I did it do in the ratings. Uh, and so being ratings time here on Day After Dynamite, it did a 954 and uh 954,000 and that was good for a 0.33 rating in 18 to 49 that's a 22 percent increase over last week in 18 to 49 and a 12 percent increase um in total viewership uh that's one of the better performances that the show has done in uh 2023 um but the bigger story which i typically don't have in time for day after dynamite unless we start the show late uh an hour late but we do have quarter hours which since it's the next day uh this was the interesting thing did vikingo draw for the show because that was a big point that people were making of if you don't promote him if you don't and granted i i said on grapsity this week i don't think i got to say this on day after dynamite but if you don't watch grapsity hear me here they did not confirm uh vikingo for the show till thursday that i did confirm that is how that went they didn't know he was going to be on dynamite until uh for sure i know it was something they were working on but it was something they couldn't promote until after last week's show had already been taped um so saying all that to say that uh the highest quarters 18 to 49 were the final two quarters uh, the final three quarters final three quarters uh did well for them and in terms of overall viewership the show held pretty steady i think this is the most steady i've seen a dynamite in ages uh like it started with just over a million second quarter dipped to 894 and then it basically hovered between 980 and 969 for the rest of the show and that to me is uh i thought that was good i think that was exactly what it needed to do uh Derek gordon says all Don has to do is show Kenny the full gear match between uh, the Bucks and Hangman. Um, I think you mean the the moment with uh, the Bucks giving Hangman the go ahead to hit the buckshot on Kenny. Um, I imagine by now Kenny has seen that, and uh, I, I hope so. Anyway, I hope that's some of his confrontation or something he would confront them over. Um, that's something to eventually finally bring up and bring the story back full circle. Look, I love Elite Lore. I know it's not for everybody, but I am just in on Elite Lore. Yeah. Uh, we also had AT says, Joel's a bit of an AEW hater. Based on what? Because I mentioned WCW? Have y'all watched WCW in, say, I don't know, 97, most 98, 96? Let's go back there. Come on. I'm not saying it's AEW Nitro 2000. No, when I say because when I say something's a nitro ending, I'm usually referring to peak nitro. Because I thought last week the way it went off the air, like the way nitro go off and maybe go, wait, 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 I'm not done. And, like I want to see next week. That to me is peak wrestling TV. Yeah, uh, and that's I'm what just, I want to see. I'm just curious. In what world am I suddenly this AW? <laughs> Listen, y'all go back on my tweets. I'm I'm honest about my critique of all wrestling. Doesn't make me a hater. I want wrestling to be good. I want it to be smart. I want it to be better than it can be. So 
whatever. If that's your opinion. I always believe everybody should be just completely honest with their views of professional wrestling. The only thing I don't like seeing people do is being a, uh, one of my trademark phrases here, but a parade rainer, where if all of your views exist simply to antagonize people who like this, like certain things, that sucks. Um, If you simply don't like it, though, you're well within reason to not like things. Um, But if it's just don't be one of those guys, and this is to everybody out there, don't be one of those guys whose entire MO is uh, people like this. Well, I'm going to tell them what's wrong with it. Um, Because, again, you're just a dick. And we got plenty uh, of those in wrestling. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Plenty of those. But anyway, folks, Joel, make some plugs as we close out this show. Yeah, I'm back here tonight uh, on youtube.com slash Fightful if you're watching live and if you catch it later. Uh, myself and Cresta Star are reviewing Impact Sacrifice, a show that just got really interesting because in the last 12 hours, we discovered that Knockouts champion Mickey James is off the show. Uh, we don't know what her status is right now. And we also found out this morning that Impact World Champion Josh Alexander has a torn tricep and has vacated the Impact World Championship. So as a result, the matches that he were that he was in for the foreseeable future are basically now Steve Macklin matches, uh, including his Rebellion match in April. So we'll be covering Impact Sacrifice, which is tonight. That post show will happen after Sacrifice goes off the air. Crest and I are on YouTube.com slash Fightful every single Thursday night after Impact Wrestling. And if I'm not here, then I'm over on Fightful Overbooked. Go to FightfulOverbooked.com. That's where this show got its start, by the way. And then Sean Ross Sapp was like, ah, we're taking Will Washington to the main. Go to FightfulOverbooked.com. You'll see the stars of tomorrow today. I'm not ripping off another company when I say that, I promise. Yes. And everywhere else, I'm at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. That's right. (laughs) Either way. Hopefully, nothing else spells disaster at sacrifice. But uh, I can't think of sacrifice without thinking of Steiner math. Oh, don't worry. Cresta has a big (laughs) surprise for our post-show listeners and watchers tonight. So maybe check out the post-show. Absolutely. Check out the post-show tonight. Also, be sure to check out Grapsity tomorrow. That is at uh, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, youtube.com slash Fightful. Also, as far as this show is concerned, I know it's been out of its time slot this week, and it's going to be out of its time slot next week as well because I'll be traveling to Los Angeles next Thursday for, uh, for the old WrestleMania week. So therefore... Uh, next week's show will actually be a special Dad After Dark, uh, in which this show is going to air at midnight Eastern. So technically, it's still Day After Dynamite. It's going to be on a Thursday, but it's going to air just a few hours after Dynamite. Uh, and it will be Dad After Dark. So join us for Dad After Dark. I'll still try and procure some stories and scoops during dynamite so that way i have something to talk about that's newsworthy but otherwise uh it's going to be a special dad after dark so who will join me on dad after dark you have to wait and find out but until then folks we'll see you next time have a great day i'm will washington for joel pearl peace save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.